Welcome back to the Misadventure Podcast. Today, we have a special guest with us. And in fact, she's a very special guest because she's my mom. Yay. So welcome, mom. Well, thank you. I'm <laughs> delighted to be here. And you do also have a name. It's Penny Holsty. So in addition to being my mom, you are your own person as well. <laughs> and you have done a lot of travel in your life. And, you know, I've heard stories. But, um, and you were there for some of it, I yeah. presume. Right, yeah. for some of it. I am particularly interested in any insight you can give into our family trip in 1987. And I think I've alluded to this on Mm -hmm. the podcast that we went to Papua New Guinea, Australia, and New Zealand when I was eight years old. And there's only so much I can remember. So I am, I'm eager for you to help fill in those, those gaps and um, just to hear what you remember from that trip. So I was eight and I have two younger brothers and we were four years apart. So you had an eight-year-old, a four-year-old, and then my youngest or youngest brother was 18 months, I think. Right. That's mm-hmm. amazing. I can't yeah. imagine I, I can't. traveling I, around the world with three kids, one of them still a baby. That's amazing. Yeah, I'm not sure why we did that. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, um, Mary's dad, if, if he hadn't been really excited to do it, we wouldn't have. He was uh, probably the one that, that had the greatest courage for this. But, you know, we had this... Um, this opportunity we couldn't turn down because um, my husband's parents were in Papua New Guinea. Mm-hmm. And um, so we had a place to stay. And they said, you come and, you know, we'll take you and show you around the the, the country. And when else would we get a chance mm-hmm. to do that? You know, and they were, they were, uh, they had access um, because they were there under the auspices of the church. They had access to different missionary pilots that could br- fly you into uh, these little mission mission statements that were really up in the highlands, as they called it, and uh, pretty much un- inaccessible by car. Wow. So, knowing that we had all this amazing opportunity, we uh, we decided to do it. And wow. why were Grandma and Grandpa there? They were there for two years. Mm-hmm. Well, he was a civil engineer and had done some uh, volunteer work through the uh, government after Mount St. Helens mm-hmm. erupted and cleaning that up, and. Um, I don't know. One thing led to another. He got to know some people connected to the, the church that were missionaries, and uh, they put their name in to a, an organization through the church that allows people to volunteer their skills for a couple years at a time. And they had, he had um, retired uh, from the federal government for, in the Soil Conservation Service. That's how he worked, and had energy and time. And so. Uh, they put their name in, and they uh, called them up and said, "Hey, you know, we we need someone to build metal footbridges wow. and pipe in water to some of these little villages in Papua New Guinea. Can you come for two years?" So they did. Wow, hmm. it's not a place you hear of all that yeah. often from you know Americans going abroad to do service work or other volunteer work. You hear about the Caribbean, yeah. you hear about Africa, but you don't yeah. you don't hear so much about. About that part of the world, right? It's really it's fascinating. Pretty, pretty far flung. It's it is, yeah. Just north of it's northeast of Australia. And they share the the land mass with Indonesia, mm-hmm. so part of Indonesia is mm-hmm. on the west side of that mm-hmm. island. And you've been back pretty recently, you and Dad. Yeah, back a couple of years ago, three years ago, okay. mm. right? And and much had changed. In some ways, um, they'd made progress. But in other ways, it had kind of gone downhill. Uh, so it's definitely a country that is poor, although they have rich resources, mm. mineral, uh, tuna, all kinds of things. But 
international companies are coming and pretty much siphoning off. Exploiting, yeah. Right. And so it really isn't benefiting the people very much. Right. Um, But they they remain just an amazing, I mean, you you hear this word all the time, but they're very resilient. Mm. Um, They... They're uh, just amazing people. And, and you know, when we be- went back two years ago, when we flew away, uh, you know, I was I was just in tears because I thought I will never get back here, you know, mm. twice in my lifetime. You know, that was lucky already. And they were just beautiful people, just opened their hearts to you, you know. And so, you know, it's quite a country. I remember the welcome that we would get when we'd go to some of these remote villages. And they make these purses or bags. They're called billums, and they're hand-woven. They made just beautiful ones, and they used all different colors, and sometimes they used natural fibers. They would dye naturally. Wow. And um, they were just incredible pieces of art. And a couple times when we were leaving one of these villages, they would gift us with these billums. And I still have a couple I'm really glad I do. I need to get those out, too. Because there's such a, I mean, I haven't seen anything else like that. It'd be great if we could put a picture up on the website. Yes. Um, Because I've never seen one of these. I'm sure... I'm sure all of our listeners are well <laughs> well acquainted with the billum. <laughs> um, yeah, I'll definitely, I'll get some pictures yeah. and somehow dig that out and put it in the show notes. I think we'll have quite a few photos in the show notes for this one. Yeah. So when you, on that trip when you were a kid, did you go to Papua New Guinea first and then Australia afterwards? Or what was the order that you did that? This is the kind of stuff I don't remember. Mm-hmm. We we had to go to Australia first to go to, to get Papua, there, but okay. we didn't spend any time. Or, um, oh boy! See, I'm getting my two trips mixed up. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, uh, we did spend a lot of time in Australia, but I believe it was after the okay. the bulk of our PNG mm-hmm. time because we were in Papua New Guinea for three weeks. Oh what wow! I remember wow because we were gone for I think a total of six. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. So yeah, the majority was spent there, mm-hmm. and then then we went to New Zealand. I think. And I guess the main contrast I remember was the weather. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it was, you know, really, really hot in Papua New Guinea. And then then it was winter in New Zealand and Australia. So, and the winter is very similar to here in the Northwest. Yeah. Like rainy, Rainy but not 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 super cold. cold, Yeah. Yeah. Definitely different than Papua New Guinea. And that was when you went to Melbourne, right? Yes. And I think we went to most of the major cities in Australia. Well, well, the ones on the... The East Coast. I mean, we didn't get in. We didn't go to Perth. Oh, we didn't right. go into the center. Um, and we didn't go to Cairns that time. Now, the second time mm-hmm. um, I went, we did. So Brisbane, Melbourne, Sydney, Adelaide were probably the four that we spent. Mm-hmm. And we were in Adelaide for a few days. Yeah, because that's where my cousin lives. So yeah. we stayed oh. with with him for a while. And he uh, that's where you went to... Um, the zoo with the kangaroos jumping oh. all over and you could come up really close. Do you remember That's that? That's where it was. Yes, I remember that. I remember mm-hmm. holding a koala. Yeah, I think you were koala. a little uncomfortable too, as I remember. <laughs> they, it was heavy. <laughs> I didn't know that. It was a baby. And that thing weighed a ton. It's like a solid brick of fur and I don't know, whatever else is in there. Eucalyptus. Eucalyptus, yeah. <laughs> But I couldn't remember where that was. Oh, they had some sort of show, kind of a cheesy show for the tourists, and I had to play Memory with a Cockatoo. I won. Oh. Just so we all, just That's so we're good. on the record, I Eight won. Eight-year-old versus yeah. Cockatoo versus Bird. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was rigged in my favor. But um, but yeah, and then um, a Cockatoo, like, landed on Dad's shoulder, yes. and he was holding 
a video camera. And I mean, this is 1987. That camera was huge. But he had he had this giant video camera on one shoulder and then a cockatoo landed on his other shoulder and he was trying to record the cockatoo <laughs> that's on the other shoulder without dropping the camera. But I don't I don't know that he got that on tape. But I yeah. So. And it was like pecking his ear. Oh my gosh. So I remember that very vividly. That's so funny. There are zero almost zero videotapes of my childhood. I grew up in a camcorderless house. So I, I'm always kind of fascinated when I see other people's home movies because there just aren't any in my family. They just don't exist. Hmm. So um, yeah, I'd be really interested to see. We came across one. I think we were all together at Christmas a few years ago and dad had found one. It was right after the earthquake that hit New Zealand a few years ago. Mm. And dad The Christchurch one? Yes. Or, yeah. Yes. And it was, the video was of us in Christchurch in 87. And so we were really curious to see what the city had been. Wow. Um, but we also realized we wanted to see ourselves and every, it, it did not fail. Like dad would do a little pan of the city and then he'd get to one of us and we're like, oh, there I am as a little, and then it would move on to the next, you know, very important site that we were there to see where, you know, years later, we just want to see ourselves yeah, and yeah. how little we were. But yeah, so that, that's the most recent video I've seen of this. And that was just a few years ago. I think that that's interesting too, because it's, it's a good memory jog probably for you because remembering vacations and travel when, from when you were a kid is so different from the way you remember them as an adult. I mean, I've, I remember taking road trips with my family when I was very small and having these very strange disjointed memories and, and having flashes kind of stick out, but not being able to connect anything together. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I think having that. That's, yeah, that's exactly the how I feel. The context is yeah. what you don't have right. as a right. child. Right, Yeah, I have yeah. all these vivid memories of this trip. but and you I have didn't... no mental map, none right. of that, no I sense of geography. So we, yeah. uh, mom and dad are visiting from uh, from St. Louis, which is where they live. And they brought the big, um, I don't even know what you call this thing. It's like a giant file folder with mm. clasps of the photos from this trip, which had been lost for many years in the basement. <laughs> and so they were recently found. Oh, and they even have the rounded corners. Yes. Oh, I mean, man. these are, yeah, these so are good. from 87 or 88, yeah. whenever they were developed. But um, so we've been looking through these um, as like dad was helping us kind of piece it together too, because he, he's very good with the specifics of the trip. And mm -hmm. I, I think, I mean, he coordinated it. He did. He so. was, it was on his shoulders. So yeah. he remembers vividly uh, the chronology, which you know, which I was, my what what I was doing was watching three children. So right, <laughs> so, so that was where my attention. Was so watching. now I'm a parent. I have a, my kids are three and five. I I can't imagine a, having an extra one. Well, yeah, that yeah, having a third. That's a whole other thing. But um, but deciding to pack up and go around the world. Yeah, with the kids and go to somewhere that's completely foreign. Um, my, that you can't just plug in to the way your life is at right, home. It's a very different culture, a very different Everything's different. different place. Yeah. And you were telling about the diapers, which was so fascinating. Right. And I can't remember if we used disposables or not, but they, in Australia, they had a, a, a 
kind of powder that you would put in your diaper pail and you would and it would wash the diapers too. What? And all they did, yes, all they did, I don't know why it wasn't marketed in the United States. Wow. Like all you did then was rinse them out and they were good to go. What? Yes, I know. Crazy. There's something terribly like carcinogenic in that, right? Isn't there some We horrible... did rinse them out. Well, but no, but I mean, maybe it's like, like pure lie it? or something. Right? Like, why is that not They're on the market? Also good for making lutefisk. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, there were less oh, Scandinavian missionaries in Papua New Guinea, so I've there you go. Met places where there are Norwegian Lutherans, I'll tell you. Oh well, yep. Yeah. So I remember the pile of luggage that we had at the airport, and then one entire suitcase was devoted to diapers because my youngest brother oh, was eighteen months. Yes. Oh man! Wow. Yeah. So, and then as we used the diapers. We had room to pack all of the oh. things that we acquired. It worked out so very it was well. like a nice trade. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, but six weeks, six. Yeah, that would be a lot of diapers. Yeah. How did you plan? How well, we did. did. I mean, we did wash them. That's uh, when they, we could. Oh, I thought they were disposable ones that we brought. You know, that could be too. <laughs> uh, your memory about that is probably better. Yeah, than it's that. the random little things. Mm-hmm. Realizing because I think. What I recall is they did not have disposable diapers there. Yes. So no, the, that would the be very true. concept was completely right. foreign. Mm-hmm. And so you knew that you couldn't get them there. Right. And so, so you either had to bring a, some, a ton mm-hmm. or Yeah, and we probably bought, with, brought both, but yeah. um, where we could wash out. Yeah, that, that was strange. And then, you know, we had to have two of those uh, carts in the airport for our luggage. So mm-hmm. we, there'd be these five people in two carts. And yeah, we were kind of a little island of... <laughs> Stuff. Oh, and Dad remembered it took us two cabs mm-hmm. to get to one of the hotels in yeah. Melbourne. He thought, yeah, because you know, wow. you don't, five people <laughs> and so plus, right, then a plus all of your and then luggage, right? Right. Yeah. This this is unusual anywhere. And, wow. Or wow. Anywhere than other than the United States. Wow. <laughs> so yeah, that was strange. We did have two different climates that we were packing for. That's yes, true. and then, you know, that's true. in fairness. Well, this is off the subject of Papua New Guinea, but I wondered if you remembered in in New Zealand when we were on the shore and you <gasps> Yes. yes. <laughs> you do remember. I Uh-oh. remember very well. Which, were we in the north or the south? North. North, okay. We were walking on the beach and I came across a pile of bones. Oh. Which kind of freaked me out. And you and dad assured me those were like, Animal bones, pig bones, or I don't know, somebody had a cookout on the beach or something like that. We walked a little further, and I think there was another bone, and I was still like, eh, this is really weird. Then we walk a little further, and there are teeth sticking out of the sand. Human teeth. You can't tell me those are pig. Like, those real teeth sticking out of the sand. And so I called mom and dad over, and somebody got a stick, and we kind of dug around, and it was false teeth. Oh. Somebody had lost them swimming, and they washed up on shore, and the way they were placed in the sand, you just That's saw teeth. terrifying. It, it was. However, <laughs> they had gold. So they were, what were they, dentures or something? I don't know what would have used. Bridges? Maybe? Uh, it, was like the, it was the whole top panel. I mean, it was like the whole, the whole deal. I, that is strange. But somehow these dentures also had gold in them. They were God. like gold, uh, I don't know, held in place with some kind of gold. And we flew home with them, which I'm sure. Of course, was, you did. I guess this was before like really stringent TSA. You know, uh, no human remains right. in your bag. Right. <laughs> they didn't ask oh, us that, that question. Box. Oh that box, man. <laughs> yeah. Too many human teeth in your bag. No. <laughs> no. We got home and we 
asked the dentist about them and he said, oh, let me send them into this lab. And I got a check for $75. For the gold? For the gold. They melted it down and were able to use it for other teeth. Wow. So, yeah. And apparently that's not uncommon that like scuba divers will lose their teeth. I don't know. Or fillings because of the pressure maybe? I don't, I don't know. I'm intrigued and repulsed at the same time. Exactly. But, um, but yeah, so, I mean, $75 to me when I was eight years old in the eighties, that was a lot of money. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that was worth the initial scare. And now I'm going to be, you know, awake at three in the morning wondering (laughs) how they got there and why they were close to that pig skeleton. Like, yeah, that was just unfortunate happenstance. Oh, but boy. I was pretty freaked like out. someone filming Lord of the Flies? That's <laughs> <Like, laughs> pretty weird. I'm glad you have that. Oh. <laughs> wow. Well, no wonder you remember that story. Yes, that one's very vivid. That one's, <laughs> that one's stuck in there and not going anywhere. But, yeah. What else did we do in we, New Zealand? We went, well, there were lots of sheep. Oh, sure. Oh, yeah. And um, we went to, we spent some time with a family, a missionary family. Well, I mean, he was a pastor and his family in Christchurch. And uh, they had a huge trampoline in their backyard. Do you remember <gasps> yes. jumping on that? I do. And, uh, and then when we were made our way across the island to the west part, which is where this little town where you found the teeth on the seashore, um, we also went to a, a place where they had glowworms. Do you remember that? <gasps> yes. Mm-hmm. And I was terrified. It was like it was like a well. We were there at night because that's when you can see them best. That was the hot toy of the eighties. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is like a forest that had some sort of ancient oh. glow in the dark creature, and wow. it was pitch like black, bioluminescent mm-hmm. kind yes, of business. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, in the walls of a cave. Ooh, is how I remember okay. it. So yeah. I mean, I'm not 100 percent sure on this, yeah. but but I remember being terrified. I did not want to go in that cave. I mean, it was pitch black. And dad and my, the older of my two brothers held my hand and we all went in and it was the coolest thing because it was the walls of the cave or whatever glowing. And yeah, I think there are very few places in the world that those exist, but dad had known about them and made sure that we went there. That was very cool. Your dad is cool. Yeah. Yeah, he is. He's like the Rick Steves of your family. (laughs) He is. He really is. He loves to travel (laughs) and he loves to plan travel. Oh, yeah. Mm. And, uh, and he, and the sky's the limit. I mean, really, he, he has said he likes to go to the limit of each place. So he would like to go, you know, to the edge of each continent, you know, and. Oh, like the physical limit. Yes. Oh, yes, okay. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Sounds like that. a kindred spirit for me. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> See, he, yeah. I'm all about how, how much can we cram into this mm. Trip. Exactly. You know, how exactly. far can we get? Yes. <laughs> yes, and don't sleep in because no. you're wasting your time. No, you're wasting oh, your time. Trips are not to relax. Exactly. You're not sitting there. You can relax when you get home. Exactly. And you inevitably get a cold and you have to relax. <laughs> right. That's when, that's you, when you relax. Yeah. <laughs> oh, is, well. This you, is built in. This is hardwired oh, into yeah. me. This is where it comes from. Uh, and so you're like that too? Yeah. Okay. Oh, well, yeah. I, I know where you got it. I had another memory the other night um, as I was reading... Simon, the book Stella Luna, which is about a fruit bat. And there was a tree. (laughs) Mom's nodding. There was a tree in like downtown Ley, which is where my grandparents lived Mm -hmm. in in Papua New Guinea, that was covered in quote unquote birds. Mm. I mean, it was just black with birds. And only later did I realize it was bats, fruit bats, giant fruit bats. I really want to see those giant fruit bats. They, I think they were pretty big. Can you 
like yes, is, like is Crocodile Dundee, you know, they have the big I've I've seen them. I've never seen them in person, but I've I've seen well, we how massive really they are. Really seen their wingspan. <laughs> Because they were just uh, hanging, and nobody uh, wanted to, just, you know, disrupt them. Right, <laughs> and that was during the day. I imagine at night they yeah. would, I think, oh. detach themselves and, oh, and so go cool. out seeking fruit. There so. was one that like dive bombed me as I was making my way from the car back into the house one night. Oh. And again, I thought it was a bird, and I'm very glad that I did think it was a bird because it was it would swoop down and come really close to my hair, and then back up, and then and I was kind of feeling attacked. And I remember calling, like, there is a bird trying to attack me. And thank you for not cluing me in. Yes, you're right. That is a bird, Mary. <laughs> but it was not small. I remember the wind, the gust of wind it would produce. As determining it that you weren't in a mango, right? <laughs> All as <is> well. <laughs> See, I'm not too seafood. <laughs> Please leave me alone. Oh. Do you remember the geckos and Grandma and Grandpa's, uh, the, the house that they yes. were given to stay in? Yeah. They were, they were you know, yeah. little the little lizards and they're all over and they were harmless and everything, but they were all over. Yeah. And the bucket shower that we took. Oh, I yeah. didn't remember Yeah, that. it was inside, mm. but you just filled the bucket and, and tipped it and that's how you got your shower. They did have running water to the sink. Mm. Um, and actually they did have indoor plumbing as far as a toilet, but they didn't have a, a shower. So mm. that was the, the shower. And it was so humid there that you had to keep a light, uh, a little light bulb burning in your closet or your clothes would get mildew. Oh, wow. And you wanted your sheets to be as thin as possible so that they would actually dry right. at the end of the day. And the fence posts. Aren't they sprouting? Oh, uh, yes. Um, yeah, anything mm. you cut and put in the ground would then turn out to wow. be, it would bud. Um, and wow. poinsettias were trees, you yeah. know, um, mm. which maybe you have around here. No, no, too cold. Okay. I mean, there's the, the grocery store Christmas kind, but yeah, yeah, <laughs> I don't think that counts. Yeah, it's too, <laughs> too cold for them to, to grow outdoors here. Yeah, they, they were big, huge bushes there. Uh, but yes, things would sprout, you know, that you thought were dead. But mm. And if you, you know, one thing about being in an equatorial region is that if you had any uh, open wound, that would get infected right away. So yeah. Keith went there. He got a spider bite before we left. And fortunately, the neighbor to his parents was a, a medical missionary. Mm. And so she had to treat it hmm. constantly um, with antibiotics wow. and stuff. It was just a little tiny... Wow. Yeah. A mm. little tiny spider Things bite. we take for granted Yeah, right. here. Yeah. Right. yeah. I think there was an insect. It was like a centipede or something. But we, I remember uh, Martin, my brother and I, were poking at one with a stick and to just see what it would do. And then got distracted and went and did something else. And then the next day we were in town and grandpa like basically shoved us away from this rock because he had seen one. And it, it turned out to be dead. And he's like, oh, good, because those shoot acid and can blind you. <laughs> and he did not know that the day that before was what we you were poking. poking at one. So we, we got a, a free pass there. That was really lucky. Wow. Yeah, I want to know what those things are. But he was, I had not seen Grandpa oh. so terrified. Like he was really, really? worried. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you told us that story. I may not have. Yeah, <laughs> may have kept that one under my hat. <laughs> the truth. I'm sure we did some truth other comes stupid out. things. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. We didn't know. <laughs> no. We didn't have things like that in Nebraska. Well, yeah, that's, yeah, you grow up, you know, especially when you're a kid, you think that however things are at home is how they are everywhere. And 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Natural selection. <laughs> oh, maybe. Yeah, we got real lucky. Uh, they yeah. also, by the front porch, I remember there was this little animal that would visit. It was a monkey. I thought it was a um, a tree kangaroo. Oh. Was there a monkey too? No, you're right. It was a tree kangaroo and didn't they have a name for it? Couscous. Couscous. Oh, that's it. Yeah. yeah. Right. Well, was I mean, that was what they called it, not that like that was the name they'd given it, right? No, like, that, no, that was what, what the locally that mm, local was, people that animal it, yeah. was referred yeah, to. Yeah, and I think mm. it was. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. And it was small. I mean, uh-huh. it was like a I don't know, like a small raccoon or something. Yeah, right. Uh-huh. Hmm. Yeah. When you when you went back recently, did you find there were more Americans or more white, either tourists or missionaries or some combination? Of the bo- of the two, well, I don't think it had really changed mm. um, inland. They were building a huge, huge um, port to accommodate the tuna industry mm. and these companies, some of the mineral are, industries. Yeah. It was supposed to be one of the largest in the world, which I have a hard time Whoa. believing. Um, so that brought in mm. uh, some people from the West, so mm-hmm. to speak. But they were mostly just in the city. But the rest of the country was pretty much the same. Mm. Though the city had, uh, this was Ley. Um, Port Moresby is the capital of Papua New Guinea, but Ley is the other big city. Mm. And uh, it uh, had the streets were just a mess, much worse than they were when we were there. Oh, wow. Yeah, so many years ago. Uh. So some things have really deteriorated. Mm. There's more mm. crime. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, as far as more people from out of the country, maybe a few more, but mm-hmm. not too many. Mm-hmm. They don't, they keep to themselves. They don't mingle. Yeah. Well, there's this term I keep hearing lately that um, that is unfortunate. I, um, I hear people using the term poverty tourism, and I think you see that mm-hmm. in places like Haiti or some places, some other places in the Caribbean, some places in Africa where white people with, I think, good intentions, you know, they go thinking, I'm going to go to this place and I'm going to make a difference. But then they they take their pictures and they put them on social media. And it kind of has this effect of, oh, look at me. I'm such a good person. I'm helping out these these poor primitive people in these third world countries. And I think it has a really, has kind of the opposite effect. It's not helping mm-hmm. at all. And, right. and I, I don't know. I, I would love to see some of these parts of the world, but I also worry about that. I don't, I don't want to make things worse mm-hmm. by going. And, and I, I don't want to have this naive sense that just by virtue of me going there, things are going to be better. And, and I, I wonder if, if you've ever grappled with anything like that or. Yeah. I'm trying to remember the name of the book. I want to say caustic charity, but mm. caustic is probably the wrong. Uh, toxic, toxic mm. charity it addresses just that. Um, and sometimes, I mean, just think how demeaning it is mm. for someone to see someone come from another country and build something for them and feel good about it and mm. leave as if you couldn't have built that yourself, right. you know? Right. So it, it undermines their confidence. Um, I think uh, accompaniment is the term that a lot of travel organizations try to use where you aren't going to a foreign country to build anything or to help them, but you're there to be with them and mm-hmm. learn from them. Mm-hmm. And um, and that has a way of building them up. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and we did have an opportunity to do that in El Salvador. 
um, where women have a very, very hard time. Mm. And even in the small town, in the cities, it's all razor wire. The, the, the drug gangs are, are really very powerful in the cities. Mm. But in even in the small town where we visited, um, the uh, men... Uh, men of power in the city or town did not like it that uh, the women were able to get some money from an outside organization to um, build a water uh, mm. tower or water reservoir mm. and uh, and do some other things to you know help the town. Mm -hmm. Anyway, uh, so our being there kind of reminded, uh, we, we could see the men kind of lurking, you know, just watching, but it reminded them that there are other people watching what happens mm -hmm. to these women. Mm -hmm. And so in that way, we were able to help, but not yeah. in a way that demeaned them, but right. more like right. we are standing with you. Right. So I think what you're hmm. sensing is what a lot of people are sensing, that Good. you have to really be careful yeah. when you go to other countries mm -hmm. so that you're not doing damage. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Mean, not meaning to, but right. 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 When did you, So you and dad went to El Salvador. When was that? Oh, that would be four years ago. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. What? Yeah. So, what were some of the things that you saw there? Well, in this little town where the women were sort of besieged, they. This is a remarkable story. Um, the man who led our tour uh, takes tours regularly, and he. Um, and when we went to visit this town and, and talk with the women, they had banded together to form a bakery. They um, got the cornmeal. They, uh, you know ground it, they made bread, and they would go sell the bread. And uh, they had just gotten enough money to put a cement floor in their little bakery. And uh, the woman that was the most um, uh, forthright in explaining what they had done was this really, she was older, but she was just so tiny woman. And uh, But I, I marveled at that. And then the leader of our group said, I think four years before she had been so afraid to speak to anyone, she hid behind people. Wow. And here, you know, you could see in her life the results of what they had done together. That, you know, not only had they gotten more, um, helped their families more because they had another means of income, and but they felt better about themselves. Mm -hmm. They, you know, they felt I can do something. And here was this very timid lady who was mm. uh, really the spokesperson for mm. their project. So... Uh, and you you would see that in the organization that I went uh, we went on the tour with um, tries to give money to or, to women who, and and so and lets them then decide what to do with mm. it you know so they go visit around and say okay now this is kind of little business we want to start because another one had done a um, they had uh, done a sewing business mm. where they made uh, uniforms school uniforms and a lot of different things mm. um, but uh, the idea was that. You know, so we were kind of going to see what the projects were mm. doing and just to, to show our support for them. Hmm. But it, it were just wonderful people. I mean, mm. that's the thing. We hear all of the, about the crime, but but that's not who the people are. You know? Of course. Yeah. And it's, it's a shame that we come back with that feeling. But, but mm. that makes me realize that when you're a young man in El Salvador, you are really in um, a very vulnerable position. Mm -hmm. If you're not belonging to a gang, you may be pressured to or killed mm. if you don't. And so when people flee that country because it's unsafe, they're not making anything up. <laughs> yeah. It's true. Yeah. That crime in those in the Central American countries, I mean, 
it's so disturbing to hear the news here about how, you know, America is so anti-immigration right now. And, and they tend to lump everybody into the same pot of, oh, they just want to come here because they, you know, want a good job or whatever. <laughs> no, many of them are coming here because their lives are in danger. Mm-hmm. And, yes. and now we want to send them back. Or we, right. Um, the things they have to go through to get here. Yeah. I, I and mean, it's you don't so do that. far. I mean, they have to cross through three, four countries just to get mm-hmm. here. Yeah, and they're overland in the entire time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's uh, it's hard. It's really it's hard to imagine just yeah. what what would have to be going on in your life to make how you bad things decide. have to yeah. go to take that risk. Right. Yeah. And then when they get here, you know, they're so motivated mm-hmm. to use this experience mm-hmm. uh, that they become. You know, very industrious workers, if, mm-hmm. if allowed, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if right. allowed to remain. So, yeah. yeah, it's. I think that's the thing about travel. It well, you know, at, at eight years old, how you know it, it opened the world to you, mm. um, but it breaks down your confidence that the way you've always looked at things is the only way. Right, makes you realize well, if if I was wrong about this, you know, right, what mm-hmm. else right. am I not aware of? What else has a whole other side mm-hmm. that I was not aware of? Yeah. We were talking a little bit about the projects that um, my grandfather was doing in Papua New Guinea, and I think those are really interesting. And he was going um, to these very remote villages and building metal bridges that would cross like a raging river that previously mm-hmm. had just had a vine bridge. Right. And so and we have some of the pictures in the album. Um and wow. I can post one of those in the show notes too. But, but yeah, I was thinking about, I mean, the, the daily life of the women in the village would be getting water. Yeah. I mean, that would be such a yeah. huge part of, of life. Yeah, you think about how much of their lives they spend and how much effort it takes just to right. get right. enough drinking water for a day, a week, mm-hmm. however long however long yeah. it is. Right. Yeah, they're probably towing kids too as they do this. And yeah. And then a, like a vine bridge over a raging river just oh. <laughs> and carrying, you know, the water on their heads. And and the weight of that and the strength required and oh, mm-hmm. their necks. I can't imagine how strong their necks are. Their backs, you know. Yeah. To be so able to do that. How many villages did he go to? Um, I think he built two bridges and one water system. I'm looking at these pictures of we marry. She's so blonde, yeah. I and mean, she's this this glowing towhead in in these pictures. It's just... the kids in. So we went to I think one or two kind of remote villages because my grandparents. Um, I think you'd said they yeah. they had kind of a network of people who could fly us to different places, and mm-hmm. and there was a mountaintop village that we went to, and the kids in the village were fascinated by my hair because they hadn't seen. Blonde, straight hair like that. Before. Well, and you're and so, really yeah, blonde. I was, you're, I was very blonde. You're really, really blonde. Yeah. And they, I remember sitting on, we were sitting on stairs together talking and kids would just be stroking my hair. <laughs> and I mean, they all would like take turns kind of just rubbing it because it was so different than <laughs> what they had, had been used to. And then uh, my youngest brother, John, was 18 months old and also towhead. Super blonde, yeah. yeah. And they they also just passed him around the village. He was he was we called him the ambassador. There's because, uh, there's photos in here of like ladies holding him. And, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, and if you come 
to a village and you have an 18 month old with you, like clearly you're there for good purposes. Yeah. yeah. Not, you know? Yeah. So, um, a baby's a good icebreaker. Yes, he was. <laughs> In any language. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. He, we were, there was one time when we were a little worried though, our car broke down. We were in a van. It, it broke down in, um, on our way to one of these villages and he was at the window waving at people and they all came up and he would put his hand up and they would put their hand up, but it was gathering quite a crowd. And we were a little worried that maybe something bad would come of that. So we were glad when our car started up again and yeah. we to move on. And they were just, yeah, I think they were just like playing a game right. on the window with him. Yeah. But it, it was, there was the potential apparently hmm. uh, for something to have gone. Because the uh, Spirits are kind of high, and in, in, uh, that's one thing I, do. I don't know if you can say that across the board, of course, but um, maybe a less sophisticated culture, um, they were less inhibited to show their emotions. Mm. And so emotions would kind of build from one person to another. Mm-hmm. And, and so it was a little less predictable what yeah. uh, what a reaction would be in that culture to what I was used to in ours. Mm. I, mean, I remember we were at the market and we were kind of on the edges of the market and all of a sudden pandemonium broke yes, out yes. and people were running from the center of the market, but they also were smiling. They were selling like alligators there and which were live. And we think that one of them like broke out of its bonds and started moving. And so people were running away, sort of terrified, but, but also it was also smiling. The hilarity of it. Yeah. yeah. But I wasn't used to adults doing that. Yes. That's a perfect example of just yeah. a difference. Yeah. You know, a little less reserved, mm-hmm. which is kind of refreshing, mm-hmm. um, but also unpredictable. Right. Yeah. So you didn't know. I lived in Italy for a year and. Italians are not, as a rule, reserved people. <laughs> you kind of know how they feel. They'll let you know. And I went to England during that time, and England is not like that. And I remember just being struck by being on the tube, and that was my first trip to England. And uh, I remember how people people would contort themselves to avoid touching a stranger you know, you'd get into your seat and you were very, 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 very careful not to touch this person next to you. And that is not how it was in Italy. You'd be practically sitting on top of people and it was mm. fine. And and just that, I mean, that's such a small degree yeah. in the grand scheme of things, yeah. but you really notice that. So I can imagine if you're in a culture that's much, much less reserved than what you're used to. Mm-hmm. I can just see that being so, so alien the first time you see that, especially as a kid. Mm-hmm. I mean, I never, as a kid, you depend on like, what are the rules? Right. Yeah, and this you know. is how grown-ups behave, and this is how kids behave. Right. And when there's a blurring of that, it's very obvious. And yeah. Like, what? Wait, what's going on here? <laughs> going there and seeing a completely different way of life, different climate, everything being different was mm-hmm. so – it was huge. And then we came back to Nebraska, but I couldn't – you know, I, I was I was never the same. <laughs> That's <laughs> to put interesting. It in a, a I'm not surprised, way. but I don't know if I've heard you say that. Yeah, I don't. I mean, when you see that and you're eight, you can't go back to mm-hmm. ignoring or just believing that, you know, small town Nebraska is the world. Yeah. Because it's clearly not. And so I think I'm really glad that we, that I had that experience, especially at that time. Although maybe a couple of years later, I would have remembered more. But, mm-hmm. it, you know, it doesn't matter because I, I, well, and you can't impression. articulate that when you're eight. You right. can't. Yeah, I don't can't think put your I finger on that. understood how much that would change me. And so that, I'm so thank you. I mean, 
I guess that's what it boils down to. Oh, I'm so wow. glad that I had that <clears throat> opportunity and that you and dad took that risk. Yeah. I'm sure that it broadened your mind in ways that you're probably, that probably affect who you are mm-hmm. now that you had no way of knowing. But I mean, some people never have, some people never leave their comfort zone their whole lives, mm-hmm. never see that there are other ways to do things, never see that there are never see with their own eyes that there are other cultures and other right ways and other. And so to have that when you're that young is pretty amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And I I really, I don't think I would have had the courage to do it. I think if if your dad hadn't (laughs) said, we're going to do this. Dad's always up for an adventure. (laughs) He needs just like a whiff of a reason. (laughs) That's right. That's right. So was it his, his parents that were there? Okay. Yeah. 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 Well, so Mary, do you think that, do you think decisions that you made later in life were, Affected by that trip? Yeah. Um, I mean, I think I was much more interested in, in seeking out mm. new places and travel in general. Oh, and, okay. and also, I mean, that was such a strange and different place that pretty much anything else is going to be easy compared to that, <laughs> you know? I mean, I think it just made the, the barrier to entry, it was nothing oh, to go somewhere great. new. I'm glad it worked out that way. Yeah, me too. <laughs> you know, there was another interesting thing, and I don't know if you knew that when we were there, but um, in the, the villages up in the highlands, adults did not tell you their names. Mm. They, When they were children, they would have a name, and then probably a rite of passage when they got to be an adolescent, they would take a different name, which they would not tell anyone else. Mm. Huh. So when we were talking with people, it would be um, so-and-so's father or so-and-so's mother. They would go, you would talk you would refer to them by the name of their child. Mm. So I would be John's mother or Mary's mother. Oh. Because they huh. were afraid that if people knew their name they would have control over them. It, it's mm. it's it, it's not an un um it's not a unusual way to mm-hmm. look at names mm-hmm. in the ancient world too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um hmm. and that if Well names have you see that in literature all the time that names have power if uh, you right. If you know someone like Rumpelstiltskin, you know yes, someone's yes. true name, and yes, then you right, right, you gain some measure of power. I can right. definitely see that. Hmm. And they had, I mean, they believed in spirits um, and evil spirits, and so if you would call out somebody's name from a distance, the spirits could hear it. Ah, also, wow. Am I remembering correctly that if a woman lost her husband, she had to cut off a finger? Oh, I don't. I don't know. I don't okay. think so. But you I, might be remembering something that I that I am not. A, a widow would wear white on her face, hmm. white face paint. I do remember mm, okay. that. The reason I'm remembering this, we went on some kind of walk in the woods to find a rare orchid. Does this make this sounds wow. like a movie? I know. I know. Sounds like I'm making this up, but we were we were on on some very remote paths, and the person that we were with said, "There is this rock that has a certain kind of orchid growing out of the back of it," and he didn't want to tell anyone where it was because, like, orchid hunters would take it. Does this right. am I? Does this sound familiar at all? Well, not so far. Keep going. Okay, but the woman who was kind of our our guide to find this. Um, was local and was missing a finger, and I asked about it. Okay. And I think I think I remember you kind of like holding off, like getting to the back of the, the line of us to kind of whisper to me, like, "Well, that's because she lost a husband, oh. and in, in this culture, if you lose your husband, you have to 
lose a finger as well, which to an eight-year-old is and you're like, I'm never getting like, married. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's interesting. Well, you could be perfectly so, correct in that memory. I, I, I did not remember it, but... I don't think I would... I mean, that's a weird thing to make. It's pretty it, specific. It like, it's very specific. It is. And yeah. it's, but it's also frightening in some way so that i can see that sticking in your mind right. yeah. yeah i do you know this that. wide-eyed kid like okay yeah. <laughs> and the, i think the women you were saying the women slept in the same house with the pigs right in some of the villages yeah yeah not not the best place to be a woman no Very so few to. places are it seems <laughs> right. right like i know like texas <laughs> They probably don't have to sleep with the pigs in Texas. Probably not until they do have the lowest. They do have the lowest maternal health rate in the country. So yeah, yeah. sorry Texas. Yeah, I like Texas. I'm just taking a jab at Texas. We we should not mess with it. I've heard (laughs) clearly. (laughs) So yeah, I strange things like little details like that yeah, are what I remember. Um, mm-hmm. And I bet, yeah, I bet they're like completely different than what you remember about the trip. Cause you were also, you know, mindful of three kids and getting around places. And so then do you have any memories of after that, after your three weeks in, in this very rural country, in this completely different culture, do you have, um, do you have memories of then going to Australia and being in cities after mm-hmm. that, like, was that was that a, a jarring thing for you? Was that weird? I, that's really interesting. I think I loved cities then too. I mean, I really, I think <laughs> when we got to the big cities, I was like, ah, which they're always my happy place, but I didn't realize it started that early. No acid squirting bugs. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Australia has Australia plenty. has they, amazing, terrifying yeah. creatures. Everything wants to kill you in yeah. Australia. New yeah. Zealand, as I recall, was not that way. It had sheep, lots and lots of sheep. And I'm sure they have one or two things. But so I think we did go to New Zealand first and then Australia okay. after. Right. Interesting. I remember driving around mountains. I think I think we went Papua New Guinea, then Australia, and then we oh. went to New Zealand, and then came back to Australia. So okay, I mm. so I think that was the order. How many flights? We did like eighteen flights, separate flights. Well, it was wow. a, Qantas had this great deal where you could get <laughs> all these um, stops for one price. So we said, okay, then we'll let's get all the right, stops. <laughs> we'll go to Sydney, and we'll go to Brisbane, and we'll go to, to Melbourne. Oh, yeah, he holds these all like, over yes. that. Yeah. yeah. That was his kind of thing. And I don't know if you remember the Qantas. Um, we had been on so many separate flights that we knew the entire. The Qantas. The, the Qantas spiel that they give you, <laughs> yeah. the safety rundown. And you could so, do it. Yeah, my brothers, like we all did it. Every word. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> oh, um, and you had asked about the difference. And this last time when we went to mm. Papua New Guinea, and then we went to Australia to visit my cousin, the same cousin that we had visited before in Adelaide. Mm. I could not get over it. I just looked at the streets. They were clean. The cars, mm. they were mm. shiny. There was not, you know, all this dust on everything. It just struck me what the Western world had. Because, yeah. you you know, we were just in Papua New Guinea long enough for me to get accustomed to mm. the dirt, mm. the, you know. Well, you stop seeing it. Yeah. At that point. Right. Yeah. Right. And I just accepted it. Yeah. You know, mold growing everywhere. And, and then you come to Adelaide, it was like this bright, shiny, orderly 
mm. new place. Did you grow up traveling much or what what has led you to to make these trips? I I don't know if I would have really if I hadn't married your dad. Really? But you I'm, you went on a really interesting trip when you were in college, right? Oh, well, yeah. Yeah, oh, well, yeah, I guess I had always enjoyed traveling. And when when I was in 4th grade, our family went down to Mexico. We drove <laughs> to oh, Mexico wow. City. And, wow. Um, wow, from Minneapolis? Yes. Yes. Wow. I took I had to take okay. days off of school. I had to bring my little <laughs> remember my little spelling books and do my homework, you know, in the hotels. Um, wow. And that was real interesting. Um, but my dad was kind of a homebody, so that, I'm sure that was my mother. Uh, but her <laughs> nephew um, was living in Mexico City at that mm-hmm. time, so we had a reason. And my great aunt, actually, I, you do get it, it on my side too, because she uh, was um, she was an artist. She retired early. Uh, she had um, been involved with uh, occupational therapy. And the Mayo Clinic. Oh, wow. They had this, they called it the little greenhouse. And she and her friend helped people get um, the use back of their muscles and limbs by helping them do things that were enjoyable, that they were making things. So they would make leather products. Hmm. And they had, um, they would entertain them with, uh, sometimes with marionette shows. Mm. And they, so we still have the marionette oh, stage in our basement. That's where that comes from? The little from? velvet curtains, the black velvet <laughs> oh curtains. Oh my goodness. Yeah. And uh, I remember there was the little, she showed pictures of marionette was putting its foot in a hot bath and then a cold bath. It was really cute. Well, anyway, she turned out to be a professional artist uh, and could retire early. She invested in some good stocks Mm -hmm. and and she and her friend uh, lived in Mexico for many, many months and they lived in Spain and she traveled completely around the world. Wow. Um, by boat. So she wow. loved traveling. And and my sister, uh, when we were, you know, in Bucerías, and, mm-hmm. and um, be, I think before they came to visit us, they spent some time in a little um, artist community in Mexico, which now is very acceptable and easy to live in. But my aunt had kind of gone there when she was one of the only Americans. Yeah. And she kind of got dropped off at the railroad station and walked into town. And I mean, it took a lot of courage. Wow. But she wanted, she she loved the language and she loved painting and she found the two went together. Oh man, I understand the appeal of that. I, I want to do that so bad. Yeah. I grew up yeah. hearing stories about her life and all the places that she painted yeah. in. And I mean, we had some of those paintings hanging. They're very good. She's a very good painter. Yeah. So, and oh. I think I I wanted to be an artist when I grew up, and a lot of that. Well, was who due wouldn't to after that. hearing like those stories? I mean, yeah. And an interesting thing too, because she was politically conservative. Oh, really? Oh, very, very. Wow. Okay. Um, but she lived with her friend, who and neither ever married, in a big three-story house in suburb. Well, in the city of Minneapolis. Mm. Um, around near one of the big lakes, you know, and it, it was a beautiful grand house. Mm-hmm. And like Harriet or Lake Calhoun or? Uh, Lake of the Isles. Oh, okay. It's across you know? the street from the Mary Tyler Moore house. What? what? It's in the same neighborhood, a few blocks. From oh, the I, I lived in Minneapolis for five years, so I, oh, I know the okay. area very well. Okay. Queen Avenue was what they were Okay. Doing. So anyway, 
Um, and we, from time to time, would go there for a, a Sunday evening meal. Not too often. More often, they would come to our house. Um, her friend was just like family. Mm-hmm. And um, every Christmas, when they came for Christmas dinner, they would bring a plate of dried fruit from California. And it was some fancy brand, you know. Um, and uh, they said, from our friends in California. And I always wondered, well, who? Because they, they didn't want to eat it. They just took a few pieces and they gave us the rest every year. And I wondered, who were these friends, you know? Well, uh, we never heard. Uh, my aunt died first, and then her friend died um, a number of years later. And when we went to the funeral of her friend, it it was told that um, in the 40s, in the early 40s, they had, or probably late in the 30s, they had made friends of some Japanese-American women that lived in Minneapolis. And when the war broke out and they were starting to intern um, Japanese-Americans on the West Coast, they yeah. were f- afraid these young women were going to get interned. Yeah. So they sheltered them in their second story. They lived with them for the duration of the war and wow. po- obviously didn't work. So they were feeding and clothing and housing these friends because they were afraid. And they were younger, younger women. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. They were afraid that they would be get sent to. Yeah, yeah. Isn't that interesting? That we is never knew. Fascinating. You and did... my mom and dad said, "Boy, we we'd have dinner." Well, they're there. the ideal Wait, people. You'd... And they were upstairs. Well, or it, not in my lifetime, but in the forties when my parents would have gone over there for dinner, they were probably you know. I mean, they were upstairs, but they well, didn't clearly know. they can keep a secret. <laughs> yes, that's wow. amazing, isn't it? So yeah. you, you see this. Um, and there I see where you are like her in not only liking art and, and being an artist, but she she had a strong sense of justice. What was right, yeah. Mm-hmm. Good for her. Yeah. Oh. Hmm. Yeah. So so they so it sounds like for years afterwards these friends would send these gifts shipped. Yeah, them. it was, it was like Harry and David's or whatever. Yeah. You know, it was a really nice thing, very expensive and hmm. lavish. And we yeah. always wondered, well, who are these people and why are they sending <laughs> these, these nice things? We liked the fruit and <laughs> it was nice, but, huh. you know, so. Wow. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Should have told us. What an wow. amazing story. And I have to believe that part of that was because she'd seen the world. She knew. Yeah. That this is nonsense. What are you doing? Yes, yeah. that mm-hmm. just because someone mm-hmm. looks different doesn't yeah. mean they're your enemy. Right. I don't. I think this is a very good place to end. I mean, Do you have any more relatives we can have on the show? <laughs> that's that's amazing. Well, <laughs> yeah. There's no topping I know. that. <laughs> wow. I'm really. What, what was her name? Florence. Florence Parlin. You know, if if that is the one thing you can get out of travel is meeting people who are different to yourself, and then perhaps later in life paying that kindness forward you know because when you you go to these other places and people take you in or they they feed you they show you around they're kind to you and you you may never see them again you may never have done them any favors while you were there but the best you can do is maybe later you can take that knowledge and that little bit you know further opening of your mind and mm-hmm. pay it forward to somebody else like apply that like your great aunt did compassion yes. to others yeah well i think on that note i think i know who we have to toast to Yes. Florence Parlin, thank you for being related to Mary and Penny. And thank you, Penny, for being on the show today. Thanks, well, my pleasure. And here, here. Cheers. To Florence. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs>